2: Welcome to Thursday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am Craig Fowler and on this occasion I am joined by Andy Harrow. Hi Craig. Hi, how's it going? Good, thanks. And by Gary Cocker. Good evening, fellas. <laughs> ah, good evening, Gary. You've a bit more years than Andy did. <laughs> always <laughs> I, always I, very low-key as Andy. <laughs> I,
0: I had time to prepare that's the thing. You just you hit Andy with that out of nowhere. It's yeah. difficult to know. And also I'm
1: yeah, I'm just deeply aware of making any sort of movement, so the the more sort of bland I can be, the better. it means I'm not moving about at all, I'm making too much extraneous noise. Yes. <laughs> Which is obviously gonna go really well for the podcast. For, uh,
2: for some reason whenever I moves an inch it sounds like <laughs> sounds like he's in the process of moving <laughs> house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, so we're here, as uh, the boys were uh, last Thursday, to take th- go through another three Terrace Podcast Awards from last season that we didn't get to because of one thing or another. And on this episode, the awards we're going to look at in particular are the Andy Dorman Award for Best Player in the Bottom Six for the 2019-20 season. And then we'll move on to discussing the most disappointing team from last year's top flight, and then we will finish things off by looking at the <laughs> by looking at the <laughs> covering the discovery of the year, uh, which is the kind of uh, the young player that kind of came out of uh, nowhere to, to kind of have the best season. So uh, we'll start with the one that's got the, the, certainly the most. Uh, Players uh, in contention because we've got a long list here, and our long list is fairly long, so we want to kind of whittle this down to four and then pick a winner for there. He says, as he's trying to buy time, I scrambling through his phone to find the list. I've got it now. <laughs> so, will we just start randomly chucking players out, or will we go through the long list? And then I, right, I, I, I have one
0: to immediately chuck out, but let's go through the long list. Yeah, let's list go first. through the long list. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Thing. Right, so the long list is three players from Hibs. That's Christian Deutsch, Martin Boyle, and Scott Allen. From Ross County, we have Ross Stewart and Billy Mackay. From Kilmarnock, we have Chris Burke. Uh, from Mirren. we have Sam Foley and Vladklav Hladke. And from relegated, or sorry, demoted Hart, we have Michael Smith. Now, the guys talked quite a lot about Michael Smith last week. Uh, I think. Despite So we won't talk about his versatility, but I think despite the fact that uh, hearts were as dreadful as they were, I think Michael Smith was still a pretty solid performer for a lot of the season. did typically have many bad games despite playing on a bad team. And uh, he also had some outstanding performances as well. So I think he's a worthy um, contender. Whether he gets into the top four, I don't
0: think so. Other than that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? You cannot <laughs> have a player from relegated no, part of Midlothian winning an award for the best player in the bottom six. I, I don't disagree that he he had decent games, but I don't know how much of that was because of the stark comparison with his. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say compatriots, not really his compatriots, but his colleagues who. Uh, spectacularly shot the bed and uh, ended up bottom when things came to a halt. Some well, of these so, good patriots, I, to be fair. Some of them were, yeah. Um, <laughs> Liam
2: Boyce and Conor Washington, especially Conor Washington, not living up to expectations. Liam Boyce probably yeah. not living up to expectations after his initial one game. Yeah.
0: So, no, for me, I think uh, given the, the quality that we have elsewhere on the list, although Michael Smith was a relatively consistent player, uh, if you can say that about anyone at Hearts last season, I can't I can't really back him being on our our short list there Andy
1: anything to add to that? Uh, no no I agree fully with Gary I, he can't put somebody who got relegated in the in the top four no chance
2: okay so we're bidding off Michael Smith right away nice right. try though yeah. <laughs> is, there, is everybody else going to put forward a player to bin off? Um, uh, one no, on the
1: no
0: I'm going to I'm this <laughs>
1: <laughs> I tell you what. No, I tell you what. Can you make a case for Sam Foley? Because uh, frankly, I can't. But uh, I'm, I'm open to uh, I'm open to suggestions.
2: I think Sam Foley was very good for pretty much the entire <laughs> season last year. He was one one of the kind of signings that really kind of stood out at the start uh, when they were kind of. He was. I think he was one of. The, well, I'm fairly certain he was one of like five players signed, uh, like the week before the season started against Hibs. But he was. He was like, one of only few that really kind of got praise right away for his performances, and they just continued throughout the season. Uh, just a very dependable uh, player uh, in front of the back four. Uh, good, good defensively. Good enough with the ball at his feet, so that it's you know it's not exactly wondrous with the ball at his feet, but he's mm-hmm. good enough to get by, and he's uh, just a, an absolutely solid addition. Uh, a, Struck up a really good partnership with Ryan Flynn, and then even towards the end of the season when Flynn had to move out, his performances were were still pretty strong. Yeah, mm-hmm. whether he's whether he's better than. Some of these attacking players uh, we could we could pick instead? Yeah, I'm not I'm not too yeah. sure. Well that, I suppose that's the problem you've got
1: uh, with with people maybe in his position and maybe Michael Smith kinda of suffers from this a wee bit as well, that the uh, you know they showy positions where you're either stopping you're very obviously stopping goals going in or you're you're scoring goals, you're creating goals. Um you know, they're the flashier things that you're maybe more aware of. And I suppose the thing is from from Foley's point of view, how much of a difference did they did they make to where St finished at the end of the season? Um, obviously contributed to it, but you know how much did he carry that team on his back? If, you, if you're going to put him in the top four, I would say there's there's an element of it where there's there's a lot of, of weight that you have to carry. Um, uh, and that would maybe be the question for him.
0: And, and I think the other thing is that I know that we've got three hips players on the long list. This maybe doesn't quite work out this way. But if we've also got Václav Chładki on the long list, the question for me is who is more valuable to St Mirren? Yeah, but that's, that's a different team. award, Gary. I know it's a different award, <laughs> but if we're talking about the best, you know, best player in the bottom six, mm-hmm. I would argue that if if you ask St Mirren fans who who was better for you last season, was it Foley or was it Hladke, Uh Nine out of ten would go for Chładki. I don't know who the one out of ten is that would pick Foley. Then uh, sort of contrary person that you might come across in the pub but um no I don't think you can really justifiably have both of them in the final four so that then makes me think well which one could you put in the final four and for me it would have to be Kladki. Okay let's say a bit uh,
2: of- I
1: think. For- Sorry go Andy. Sorry for- no I was just going to say I think uh, you had uh, some question marks over whether we should include Kladki at all but um, if I can, if I can possibly make the case for him, and then you guys can kind of decide from from there. Uh, I mean, I think he, he he probably wasn't as showy last season as he was the, the year before. Um, uh, it was maybe it wasn't quite so obvious. A lot of the saves he made were, were, you know, if you go through it in my screen, they're they're kind of perfunctory a lot of them, but it. He had uh, ten clean sheets over the season. Uh, he had a kind of rotating cast of characters in defence for for a lot of it. Certainly, the first half of the season, um, Calm Waters, Paul McGinn cut Bradfoot for a period of time. Um, and Any things as we defensively improving. Conor McCarthy uh, from Mayo came in, but even so, that's not a you know that's not a brilliant defence on paper. And they conceded almost twenty goals less than County uh, and nine less than Hamilton. Yeah, and I mean no, they finished ninth, and you know, only scored twenty four goals in the season. So you kind of like, even though even though he maybe wasn't quite as flashy, he was uh, you know didn't make many mistakes, very dependable, kind of able to to organise a defence. I think yeah, for me he's a he's a stronger candidate even even in a uh, maybe a less special season for him. Uh, he's a stronger candidate than than Foley for me for that top four.
2: Okay, so we'll consider Hlardke, Um One thing I would say about his goals on records: Man were a very well organised team throughout the, this the season, and they did get very kind of very strong kind of centre half play, even despite the fact they kind of had to change their centre half halfway through the campaign because the, the I think the the deals for them both ran out, or one of them was recalled, or, or something like that. Um, so he did have he did have a bit more help in front of him. Uh, however, uh, what I would say. Is that perhaps he was a reason for that? Perhaps central defence, central defensive partnership, both uh, kind of thrown together uh, quite quickly, worked very well. Perhaps they were able to do that because they had a, a good goalkeeper behind them and somebody who helped talk them through games. So maybe he does deserve some of the credit for that. So he's he's a maybe. Uh, I think this guy, next guy, should be a definite. Uh, Chris Park. Uh, I think he really deserves a place in the top floor. He's just. I mean, what he's doing at his age is just kind of outrageous. Like the goal scoring, creating goals, just generally being excellent, running up and down the right wing, doing a lot of defensive work. Uh, somebody who, unless he's trying something like, like trying to, you know, play a through ball or play a cross or, or shooting, very really gives the ball away. A very intelligent player, obviously experienced, and um, undoubtedly, I think, Kelly's standout man. Last campaign in a team that's We'll get on to talking about Kelly later. Not a great season for them considering the expectations going in. But they still finished eighth, I think it was. And I mean, over the history of Kelly in the top flight, Scottish football, not terrible. And Burke, I think, was a a big reason why the at points at least kind of, well, they were in the top six to start with and then kind of maybe even maybe fancied their chances at the end of putting a, together a wee run and, and sneaking in. Um, but yeah he certainly had a great campaign
0: yeah and i think what's important is what you mentioned there about the fact that despite the fact he's getting older i think a lot of older players you either see becoming a lot more limited and therefore sticking to what they're good at and then maybe not contributing elsewhere or still trying to do all of the things that they used to be able to do and therefore not actually uh delivering on what the team is expecting of them whereas Crisper, you would not you know you wouldn't think that he was as much of a veteran as he is. Um, And I think that this season, this season, he's obviously started quite strongly again, but I think um, there's some thought being given to, you know, how much, you know, can you realistically give him 90 minutes every week? But on the basis of what he's done so far, I think he could probably still deliver that this season for a good part of it. So um, no, for me, I think he's one that would have to be in the, the final four, certainly over Michael Smith. Andy, do
2: you make it it unanimous that Chris Burke is going in the final four? Yeah, I think you've got to. Uh,
1: I, I think also, I mean, you've got to take note of how good the set pieces are. I mean, almost all the kind of goals that he did set up last season were from corners or free kicks, but just... You know, it's just so consistent, even when he's crossing. You know, that's you know, a lot of wingers in Scotland that's their their downfalls. that they're fine up to the point they get to the byline and then can't deliver a good cross. But but Burke's so good at it. Um, you know, he had the, the game against Queen's Park, did he not? So, not all six goals he assisted. Um, yes, I believe and so. most and most of them were set pieces as well. So, having some day of that ability, um, on top of the fact that as you see, so um experienced is still able to kind of be a man down the flank. Um he's it he just adds so much to the team,
2: yeah, I think you've I think
1: you've got to include them.
2: Right, I'm gonna skip skip beyond the Ross County boys and I'm gonna go straight to the Hibs three. Cause do we really want three Hibs players in the final four? No, you don't. I, I think uh, two might be fine. But... I, I, I've definitely got. A,
1: I've got one favourite, and then the other two, I, I've not got a strong opinion on, to be honest. Okay, Gandhi, give us your one favourite then. Uh, so, Christian Doyd would, would be my would be my favourite, which I wouldn't have said um, sort of September, August, September, October of last year, and, and probably not even November either. Um, but he uh, he ended up behind only Edward Morales and Defoe in terms of top scorers in the league. Um weighed in, in the, the cups as well. Um 12 goals overall. And he became sort of over you know, once he got his first goal against St. Johnson ended up going to Hat trick. That was the Mr the Mr. Goals game, wasn't it? Duncan was commenting on. Mm-hmm. Um, once he got that uh It was the Hat Trick Boy, that was it. Yeah Hat trick boy that was it. Aye, Mr. Goals is somebody else, isn't it? That's uh McGuigan. <laughs> um but uh, yeah, once he, once he got that And kind of got underway you just kind of saw that confidence coming back um, You know, by the end of the season He had that kind of lovely flick finish against Livingston um, He was scoring goals with his head He was scoring goals with, um, with both feet And he just looked, uh, you know He surpassed Canberra he, he, he was the kind of focal point of that team at the end And I think, you know, going into this season he was obviously one of the kind of, the main strikers in the league and one of the people you, you think you could probably hang your hat on to get maybe 10 goals at least this season. So, yeah, he um, had a very slow start, but I think looking at it, you know, partly that's probably due to Heckenbottom and, and how, how Hibs in general were playing in that first, first few months. But... Um, but also a confidence thing and you know I've been a striker so much to do with confidence and I think he was the one that um, he was a real bright spot I think for me I think Boyle and Alan had their, their moments but kind of from November on he was the most consistent performer for me over that uh, kind of second half of the campaign
2: I'm going to I'm going to stick up for his performance in the, the first few months because even though he didn't score I still thought like he was playing reasonably well and I thought he was getting too hard a time for Hibs fans because you could see that he was very good at holding up the ball, very selfless player, somebody who's making intelligent runs in behind. He was getting in great chances to score, just couldn't get in the back of the net. And I did always think it was going to come good from him. And thankfully for him, it did. And so I think, even though you can say, well, he didn't really get going for a lot of the season, I, th- I still think he, he played pretty well. And if you just kind of, instead of laying it out like it did, if his goals, just take like a couple of goals from like, January and February or something put them in August and September and I don't think anybody's really saying that he was that bad to begin with he just kind of didn't quite have the the luck that he was came from later in the campaign and he did get lucky with some of them like it's, it's a Christian Doidge goal when he somehow misses from like or not somehow nearly misses from like three yards but it somehow goes in anyway
0: <laughs> I think the only person who wouldn't want him there could be Paul Heckenbottom who must have been so frustrated uh, having a look at the Hibs results every week after he's left just to see Doidge, Doidge, Doidge popping up <laughs> um, no I, I think as I think both you and Andy have already said what makes him for me the leading candidate from Hibs is and I know that this isn't most valuable player, but it's his contribution mm-hmm. to Hibs. Um not that Boylan Allen didn't contribute, but the fact is that, you know, for a bottom six team, um I know that Hibs were there on the result of as a result of the uh formulation or whatever you call it, but for a bottom six team to bring in a striker who can give you I think it was twelve league goals he got last season is absolutely massive. And it's the difference between really struggling at the bottom and, you know, pushing up to top sticks and obviously hips have strengthened now. Um, but, yeah, for me, he was a big part of um, the team that uh, Jack Ross was able to cobble together to get them to scramble away from the bottom. Right. So, others.
2: are we all unanimous on Dodge in the in the four? Yep. Cool. So we've got Dodge we've got Burke, and we've still got four players to talk to and possibly Hadclay for the other two positions. So this is this is now starting to get tough. Right, so the two other house players. Right, I'm only allowing you to pick one of them. So, Gary, you
0: go first. Who are who you having out of Martin Boyle and Scott Allen? Oh, I mean, the thing is, they're both former Dundee players as well, so I can't even just give a really shitty reason for it. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I was immediately going to go towards. Um, for me, uh, go to Andy first while I mill this over. <laughs> I can This, this is You're like. Me, you can't ask me to choose between <laughs> these, but yeah. Go to Andy. I'll, I'll come back in.
1: Andy? Yeah. All right. Perfect. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Gary.
0: Um, I. Uh,
1: yeah. I don't know. I, I think. It feels like when you you think about it, Boyle had maybe more of a more of the, the I don't know if the breakout season's right, but maybe got more of the headlines. I think is the um, towards the end of the season he scored. Uh, Six goals in total, and kind of got I think five assists between sort of end of October and uh, March. And but that was the thing; his season was kind of stunted because he didn't start until, till towards the end of October. Um, and then you know once he once he was back, he got um, got straight back into it. Um, but you could you could make an argument that because he missed a kind of decent chunk of the season, and because we didn't even finish the season, we only got up to March. He only
2: really played about. But, Five months of the, of the campaign, he still managed to play 28 games, which I was quite surprised. At. I thought it was going to be less yeah. than that, and I was going to yeah. kind of discount him because of it. But 28 games is probably enough, yeah, in a shortened season so. as well. Uh,
1: yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, um, Alan for me, maybe didn't have quite the um, quite the season I was hoping he had. I, I, I think he. he he wasn't bad, but I, I, anyway, he had he had some standout moments. That kind of reverse <laughs>
2: pass against Rangers, at Ibrox. He was well. uh, he was still double figures and goals and assist. Yeah, yeah uh, uh, you that, have to count three league cup goals for the <laughs> for the for the goals to I, to each uh,
1: ten. I, I know, I, and I don't know if you count a goal against Sterling, uh, but yeah, I uh, Sterling, Albroth, and Morton. <laughs> not the not the strongest competition, but I, you know, I, I think. I think, as I say, I, I don't think he was. I don't think he was quite as uh, much of a standout as he as he could have been. But I think, as you say, you know, he, he still managed to weigh in and have a kind of significant contribution. Um, and I think purely for the fact that he probably made it through more of the more of the campaign, um, if not too many more matches, um, I would maybe just edge towards Alan. But there wouldn't, wouldn't be much on it.
2: Gary, Bye. you got you got an answer finally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I am probably going to go the other way and I'm going to edge towards Boyle and I think the the reason I'm going to do that is that with hips you know Boyle is an absolutely massive outlet for them um obviously Alan's uh, got his uses as well but I feel like there's you know whether it's Horgan or others I think there's other players that do something similar to what Scott Allen can do maybe not uh, the likes of the reverse pass against Rangers but how many times he do, do that season um you'll do it a couple of times when it will be successful and come off but for me, I think Boyle is the player that if if one of them had to have left Easter Road at the end of the season, I think Hips fans would choose to keep Boyle and lose Allen. Yeah. Uh, so for me, that is probably enough to edge Boyle. That's not to say that Allen didn't have a good season last season, yeah. as Boyle did, albeit a more curtailed one. But yeah. Uh, just if if I've got to toss a coin on something, then that's it's, it's tough. Coin. I'm, I'm
2: going to go yeah. for I'm going to go for Boyle as well. And uh, my reason is because um, we didn't actually get any nominations for Alan. It was just Tony saying we should put Alan <laughs> in. So <laughs> fuck off, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it's M- Martin Boyle. Uh, well, we've not actually said he's definitely going to be in. So we'll talk through the the other uh, two players left. So it's both Ross County players: Ross Stewart, Billy Mackay. Uh, Andy, I know you were uh, reading about Ross Stewart. Or sorry, you were uh, researching Ross Stewart. Yeah, yeah. So you were, uh, wrong to him
1: for a bit. Yeah, yeah. So I was yeah, researching him for the wrong uh, section because <laughs> he's too old. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, so I hadn't really seen Ross Stewart first, uh, before uh, before last season. I, I kind of knew that come up through Albion Rovers. Um, and then uh, uh, you know, I spell on the would have done all right, but he's such a kind of big, gangly, awkward-looking guy. You just think, this, you know, he's not—he's not, he's not going to do it in the, the the premiership. This looks like it might be a, a level two. <laughs> Too far for him, but you know, straight from the straight from the off, he you know he scored he scored goals, scored seven over the course of the season. He lost a couple of months with the hamstring injury um, that kind of knocked him out for for January and February. But up to then was a, a, an incredibly impressive performer. Um know, he his heading ability he was terrific. There was, a, there was a goal against Hibs that um he connect. Headed in from maybe just past the penalty box, but it was all to do with how much power he was able to generate and the, the direction. It was all to do with him. Um, so, so that was a, a big strength. But you know, he, he did have an all right touch for a for a quite a tall, gangly guy, Um and he just seemed to fit that, that Ross County team. didn't really um and then you know, maybe maybe we would have uh, slowed down as the season went on, um, but certainly over that, that first spell, that first half of the season, I I thought he was a really, really impressive performer. Um and I think he's kinda of shown as how how good a signing he, he is and I think you'll you'll kinda of see again going forward this season like Gary was saying about Boyle, um if he can use the um a similar kind of thing between Boyle and Allen and Mackay and, and um, Ross Stewart, I'd imagine Ross County fans would be more keen to keep Stewart going forwards than they would be Mackay if they had to had to make the choice.
2: I I think we can actually bin Mackay. Can you stop moving, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> oh for can I buy you? just a week. That was that the to Andy binning Mackay. <laughs> Can I buy you a new <laughs> chair as well? <laughs> that was
1: so creepy. I know i picked, picked literally the most noisy chair to sit on.
2: Right. Um, I think we can bit off of a guy. Uh I think he scored 11 goals across the, the campaign. Uh, four of those in the League Cup. Two of them in a win against St. Johnson so I think the, they should not be dismissed. But So even you, you take away goals against all the league teams that's, that's nine in total in 40 games. He did score some very important goals. Uh, helped keep County up certainly. Played Played quite well across across the campaign. Looked uh, kind of uh, something approaching uh, the old kind of uh, Billy McKay for what I remembered for Inverness days. Uh, but still, I still don't think it's quite that impressive enough a record to sneak in the top four. So I'm happy to bend him. Agreed. Right. So that just leaves us to argue between Stuart Boyle and hardke for two positions. So, I would, my vote would go for it's hard because Stewart, I think Stewart was one of the most valuable players in the league last season, Uh, and he was certainly excellent for County, uh, whether he was playing up front or on the wing, and that versatility was very handy for them as well. A lot of their kind of game plan goes through him. He did only play 26 games putting Boyle in for twenty eight, so maybe that shouldn't really count. But if you're, you know, talking about Hardcre who I think would have made like must have made like close to forty appearances over the over the entire season, if not more than that. Does does that deserve to give him an edge over a, a couple of attackers who really made their mark? This is this is
0: tough. Sorry, Gary, on you go. I was just gonna say that I think Hladkey's contribution to St Mirren's survival is just as key as the contribution of others' goals because he's it's much more difficult to quantify it because all you can really point to is clean sheets rather than you know, or maybe you know, the odd crucial save in these matches. But I think that, um, you know, given that St. Mirren survived by relatively by the skin of their teeth last season, um, I, th- I think he's got to be in there, uh, particularly given the uh, stats that Andy read out earlier, which showed just how much they're pretty tight defense. Uh, made up for the fact that they maybe weren't firing on all cylinders up top. I, I, th- I think I think also it's on the basis of what the award is
1: for for me, this award's more about you know good players and fairly jobbing teams, and I, I feel like Hibs underperformed last season rather than were a bad team, um, and they had a couple, two or three good performers within an underperforming team. So for me plaid and stuart more typify the this the spirit of the award if you want to go down that way rather than i think i think it, having a house player makes sense because they obviously had a better season than than those teams but um for me i think one's probably fine and the rest i would i would i would go with the i would go with the guys that can of
2: okay did so, more for so their teams, Yeah. So in the, in, so to go for democracy, uh, it's well, socialism, really. Uh, and we're, we're big fans of that on the show. Uh, we'll go for Deutsch, uh, Stuart, Burke and Hlarkey. So that's one from each different team. Right. So that's the four nominations. So let's quickly, because we're, we're running quite long already, let's, uh, <laughs> let's just vote for who we think can win the award. Gary, your pick first.
0: I am going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Christian Deutsch. Um, Because if we're talking about best player in the top top six, God no, uh, best player in the bottom six, um, then I think that we're going to see him go from strength to strength next season. He had a brilliant season last season, at least one second bottom left. So um, yeah, I think if we don't give it to Deutsch, we'll look silly in a few years' time. There's my wild shout, Deutsch.
2: Uh, I'm going to go for Chris Burke uh, for consistency over the entire season. So, Andy, you have a deciding vote, unless you pick one of the other two in which you can fuck, <laughs> fuck up. Uh,
1: I'm going to go for... Uh, uh, maybe they showy show you one, but, yeah, I'm going to go for Doidge, I think. Um, I think he's the uh, my preferred choice of the two, but, yeah. Uh, Congratulations, much, Tristan
2: yeah. Doidge. that fellas. Doidge guy. Nice, oh, idea. It's that fucking Dodge guy, right? Most disappointing team. So the nominees mm, this easy. are. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, come... we'll make our time back. <laughs> right. this one will be given out in half a second. <laughs> right, let me see if I can. Oh, I can't find them on my phones. So let me see if I can remember these off of the top of my head. All right. the nominees are Hearts, obviously, <laughs> Aberdeen, Kilmarnock, and Hibs. Now, can I we think I did not fall down in Aberdeen. I thought we...
1: Uh, it was going to be Aberdeen. Aberdeen or Rangers, but then so I was Hibs, like... Hearts, uh, Hibs, Killy and Aberdeen, that was my
0: list, which is okay. Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: that's what I said. Oh, did you?
0: Oh, sorry, I was just, <laughs> <laughs> just listing in a different order. I, mean, I take it by disappointing we mean for their own fans rather than for the rest of us.
2: It's, no, it's for Cause... what you would expect them to do at the start of the season and, and what they did not do. Yeah. So right,
0: we, let's just get it over with then. Harford Midlothian Football Club. Yeah.
2: But were you not. Could maybe play Devil's Advocate here for this award and say were you not expecting them to struggle anyway?
1: No. 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 <laughs>
2: <laughs> somebody in somebody <laughs> the terrace did pick them to finish like fucking 10th or something. I think it was Tom Watt.
0: Uh, or it could well have Tony, uh, just uh, given his own <laughs> uh, biases. Uh, but no, for me, given the. And I know. It's such an obvious right. basic point and to and make. Gary,
2: can I stop you now um, <laughs> b- before you before you talk about Hearts because uh, I think we know they're going to win this award. <laughs> uh, let's just briefly talk about the other three first of all. So okay. uh, Aberdeen is maybe the kind of the most harshest one uh, because they did finish fourth, and you mean we would expect them to finish top four, so they pretty much hit expectations. The disappointing thing for them is that they lost another kind of cup game they shouldn't have done, losing away to Hearts when they were leading, going into injury time. And the I mean in terms of their performances in the league to finish behind a Motherwell team that yes was was quite impressive how, how well Motherwell played across the, the course of last season. Probably the most surprising team uh, in terms of how well they did. But it wasn't like a great Motherwell. It wasn't like a it wasn't like a team that comes up and finishes third and it's like a kinda of almost like a a juggernaut compared to the the rest of the daddies in the league. It was kind of a, a motherwell team that still had their stumbles themselves and still managed to finish above Aberdeen, a team
0: with a, a much bigger budget than them. It was still a motherwell team regularly playing Jermaine Hilton and Sherwin Sador. Yes, um, it wasn't with a gleam, short right back. It wasn't without its flaws. Yeah. Put it that way. No, I, th- I think with Aberdeen, it's it's this perennial thing, and <laughs> we've certainly seen it uh, in the game against St Johnson, um, which. Uh, was an absolute waste of one hour 45 minutes of my life, but they are a team that I am constantly stunned somehow managed to finish where they do, because when I watch them, it is eye-bleeding stuff, and the thought mm-hmm. of being, I mean, I've seen some shite in my time, but the thought of being an Aberdeen season ticket holder for the last couple of seasons, where on paper they are achieving roughly what their fans would be looking for them to achieve, you know, decent cup runs, finishing high up the league, but just, it's just... Dreck. I don't have a the in front of me to have more words for it, but it's so dull.
2: Yes, it is. Yeah. Andy, uh, talk us through Kelly's disappointing season. Uh, so, I suppose. I mean, the
1: the big. So the funny thing. The funny thing. Going back to that was the. So Alesso left in mid December. I didn't think they were that bad at that point. They, they, they kind of started what turned out to be a very long uh, run without a win, uh, which kind of went through December and January. I didn't think they were. I didn't think they were great, and, and I think part of the problem is they were up against. Um, you know, they were being compared to what Clark had achieved over the, the previous couple of seasons. Um, they were they were pretty inconsistent. They were relying on who wasn't always fit. Um the defence was not as as good for large parts. Brunessi wasn't uh, wasn't great in goals. Um they, yeah, they, and, and as I say, they, they kind of went through that, that dip and when Dyer came in, he was totally unable to arrest a slump for, for a long period of time. Um, eventually, uh, you know, they started scoring. They didn't really stop conceding goals, but towards the end of the season, Brophy started scoring. Uh, Kabamba kind and of helped him a wee bit in that regard. Um, and it, you, you mentioned earlier on, you know, they, they still finished eighth, which is, you know, a decent season for Kilmarnock, but I think what you're doing is you're comparing it to what they had under Clark. And the, the, the problem is that neither Alessio nor Dyer are anywhere near as good a manager as Clark. Plus they had, you know, other factors that, that went against them. They didn't I don't think had a, as strong a squad last season as they, they maybe had under can, Clark. And a couple I, of folk like O'Donnell maybe
2: took dips a wee bit as well. Can I make a case for Kelly above heart? And that this was like the this was like a crossroads season for Kelly and what they could really be as a club. Like they, they were on such a high after Steve Clark, and it was a perfect opportunity. to well, retaining a lot of the same team, and a, like a lot of kind of decent managers, kind of like interested in the position after after kind of Clark laid the laid the groundwork, and it was really kind of all set up for them to have another go at finishing in Europe, and they just royally fucked it up. Uh, by hiring Alessio just a completely wrong appointment at the, the kind of worst time to make that as well and to, to go out to of Europe to a Welsh team when Kelly fans have waited so long for a European run I mean, Hearts Hearts were coming off a season where they, they weren't great for, you know most of it they were great for like three months and then Billy won their game the rest of the campaign so I think I think a lot of people still wouldn't be expected the hangover to, to last now I don't think anybody expected they'll get relegated but for the first bottom of the table, but I still kind of think that there was there wasn't quite as much. There was maybe expectation that Hearts would finish above Kelly because Kelly were getting a new manager, but it was just such an important season for Kelly. Now it ended up being an important season for <laughs> <because> Hearts. <they're laughs> really, you you know, I think you know what I'm getting at here—that mm-hmm. kind of Kelly had a had a real kind of chance to do, to to kind of carry on their good work and to really. Kind of just grow as a club and kind of take it up a yeah. level from from what they're used to uh, doing to, to be like a perennial maybe top six contender instead of a team that sometimes challenges for the top six sometimes just relegation threatened yeah. and they kind of fuck that uh, so you could you could argue I, th- I still think harsh the proper answer but I would yeah. if, if anybody wanted to say I, Kelly I wouldn't argue I think I think I think the the
1: thing is that the partly because their signings weren't great. But they just did not have the depth last season at all. Um, you know, when you're looking at foot like Harvey Sinclair or Osmond Sow kinda of playing, um they just Roddy McKenzie's alright, but he's not he's not brilliant. Um you know, the, as I say the goalkeeper situation wasn't great either. They just and that's that's where Kelly are naturally going to struggle because of the fact that they're not a, a big city team um, and that attracting people. You know, they attracted people because it was Clark for for a couple of those seasons, and yeah, they had a lot of the kind of, the first eleven still there. But Clark kind of worked wonders with Brophy, pretty much as his as his only centre forward. And it, it, they, you're right that the managers that they brought in weren't right. Um, and I'm, you know, Judy still out and whether Dyer's the, the right appointment. But, I, I don't know, I, I just don't, I, I don't think that they were ever necessarily, I think they, they should have done better than what they did, but I, I didn't see them as being a kind of, a, a team like Aberdeen where they just consistently finished the best of the rest. I, I just don't think they've got the... Uh, I don't know if, I don't know if the, th- the things are in place really for for Kelly to do that on a regular basis but they definitely did make mistakes that, that made the situation a lot worse
0: In defence of the Alessio appointment, I think that the it seems that the decision that Kilmarnock took was, right, we could either appoint one of the usual suspects you know, somebody that people would expect us to appoint or we could try something a little bit out there and maybe if we try something out there that will you know, continue to wrong foot our opponents, and you know will help us. You know, really stay at this you know next level which we've reached. That sort of you know, obviously not within the title race, but you know that was European, I European not,
2: challengers. Gonna yeah, be. that,
0: that Aberdeen Motherwell sort of uh, level that you have at the moment, um, and obviously it didn't work at all, and it uh, spectacularly failed. But then I think following that, they, they steadied the ship somewhat, and like Andy said, I don't think we can yet say uh, if Dyer's the right man for Kelly, but I don't think it's fair to coin them as a disappointment and I think you could say the same for Hibs as well in that both Hibs and Killy had their um, bad parts the season early and they fixed to a certain extent the issues that they had um, so they might not have met the start of season expectations that people or the fans had for their team but they could you know you could still argue that they were vaguely successful
2: Right, let me just kind of put forward the Hibs if you wanted to argue them over hearts. It's very hard to do so, but the you thing, don't have to do this. I think like the only thing you can maybe <laughs> say is that because of because of kind of Heckenbottom's initial kind of upturn results, that it was kind of expected that Hibs would be better last season. Um, but even then, when the kind of signings were made and a lot of them were for like English lower league clubs like League One and League Two, I think a lot of people were kind of like, eh, this isn't looking too great. So even then... It's nah, it's definitely not Hibs. Um, it's definitely not Hibs. definitely not Aberdeen. It's as, as rubbish as they were. Uh, Is it's anybody going to vote for Kelly over Hart? No.
0: No. no.
2: Nah, it's Hart. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we don't even have to Cheer talk about on Joel it. on this. don't even have to talk about it. they got fucking relegated. Right, um, we'll finish off with Discovery of the Year. So we've only got uh, five possibilities for this, and we're basically going to argue whether over two of them whether they should count or not. So the, the three that are definitely in, or Ali McCann of S. Judson, Lewis Smith of Hamilton Ackeys, Aaron Hickey of Hearts. And it'll, the final spot, either be Jeremy Fringpong of Celtic or James Scott of Motherwell. So the, the question here is this. Do we include Fringpong, even though he was a Celtic sign-in? But we have, uh, I think we have included sign before, but typically they've been from like lower leagues or, or come from, or in the case of like Edward, for example, come from a higher standard of, than Scottish football, in which we definitely count them because they're not a discovery if they've come from a higher standard. But Frimpong obviously wasn't playing for Man City. So I'm not sure whether he should still be allowed in. And James Scott obviously left in, in January. So do we, do we, do we discount him? Because by the end of the campaign, he was no longer a player in the top flight.
0: I am going to argue for Frimpong over Scott. Uh, the reason for that is twofold, I think, with Scott he left in January so that means I know that the the season effectively ended at the start of March anyway so he was still uh, at Motherwell for most of the season but I think him leaving early you could argue that just means he really was a discovery because boy oh boy was he snapped up quickly Um, but I think the flip side of that is you know yeah okay Frimpong's saying for Man City but you know just because some of these come from Man City um, from their you know youth uh, department Doesn't necessarily guarantee that they're going to be a success, and I think that I think I'm right in saying that when he was signed by Celtic, he wasn't even necessarily signed to be uh, a player for the starting eleven. I think he was signed with a view very much to the future, and he uh, fast tracked himself with his level of performance. And I think the reaction that we all had in, I think it was in the League Cup final, um, to uh, just Finn performance. uh, up until he got sent off, uh, is testament to the fact that he was a discovery because this was a player that we all watched and thought, yeah, he's going to be absolutely fantastic for the Scottish game. So for me, it's got to be Frimpong, not that Scott didn't have a great season because he obviously did earning that move that he did.
2: I'd actually I'd agree with all of that. The fact that he comes from Man City's youth team uh, rather than uh, City himself. He never played at all for City. So that's, I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, Andy, are you fine with that? Yep. Yeah. Cool. Right. So, Frimpong is one of the four nominees. So, is this just another easy one? Right. We'll leave it to last. Right. So, you made the case for Frimpong. So, Lewis Smith is probably Lewis Smith's not going to win this award. He's had yeah, uh, he, he looked good for Hamilton last season. He had these yeah, these moments. In my opinion, nowhere near consistent enough compared to the. Uh, you can maybe compare him to Frimpong, and that he played more games. Frimpong featured eighteen times, but the other two guys played over thirty games each and were more consistent than Lewis Smith, so I think it's quite easy to pin him off.
0: Yeah, and but I think we should probably acknowledge that he's one of a long line of Akis players who emerge at just the right time to, to keep them keep yeah. keep them just above water. Not for what we've seen so far this season. No, well no one's emerged this season, but you know, he's he's one of many and yeah, I think he's uh he's going to do well but I don't think he, he so deserves it I just realised we're
2: recording this a week in advance he's probably going to score a fucking hat trick at the weekend now and I <laughs> comes out like what? what are you talking about what a player <laughs> right uh, so who who gets this uh, Ali McCann or Aaron Hickey Andy who are you voting for
1: so well I tell you what you, you talk about Hickey because that's one of the bright spots of the season for Hearts so you can actually talk about it. so um, I mean, I think quite a lot of, I saw the the voting uh, under the uh, the tweet. It was pretty much all Ali McCann, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. Um, okay. So I don't I'll, know. I'll do my uh, case for the prosecution defense. I don't know which which just counts as <laughs> to vote for Nicky. <laughs> in, in in a season where so. You always hear that young players coming into teams that are... Uh, you don't want to bring a young player into a team that's struggling. Uh, well, Aaron Hickey seemed to play very well in a team that was struggling. He was Hart's uh, second-best player across the course of the campaign behind Michael Smith. Uh, for Sunday his age, uh, 17 years old. Uh, he's 18 now. Uh, but to the defensive... Now that he has, he's such a solid defender as a left back for somebody who not only is 17 but also, as Craig Levine revealed quite recently, only started playing the position like six months uh, before he played in the Scottish Cup final. Mm. So for all that was going against him, for him to have a stronger season than he did, also including scoring the winning goal at Easter Road and having an assist and another win at Easter Road. Yeah, quite a campaign. He's, he looks like he's going to be sold this summer for upwards of a million pounds, maybe even over a million and a half. Just a, a very talented player, very, very strong breakthrough season. To be honest, though, I
0: did still give us Ali McCann. We <laughs> 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 feel you've made the case for Hickey, and that's all that matters. Yes, to be fair, um, I
2: said that at the start, um, players going into a struggling team and thriving. Uh, Ali McCann done that before. December <laughs> when it was only like from December onwards that Johnson were actually good and they were very good from December onwards but they really had a, a painfully slow start to the season but McCann was great from the kick-off. He was, their, he may, he was probably the best player across the course of the campaign uh, to be honest and he was, mm-hmm. he was certainly their best player up until December. He was the only one that actually seemed to get pass marks on a, on a regular basis and yeah, we've talked about him quite a lot in the show before. So there's not really anything else I want to add in terms of his kind of attributes of that. But yeah, I think he he would be a deserved winner for this.
0: Agreed, and I think it's a it's a deserved winner and in an incredibly strong uh, field as well. Yep. No, I, I mean I would agree. I think he
1: he kind of appeared fully formed last season, pretty much from the from the get go. Um, and you know, I. I, I, I as you said, Craig, I don't think there's really, it's been said a lot in terms of what he brought to St. Johnson last season, but um, yeah, I think he's he's he made a significant, such a significant contribution to, to their season. I think he kind of deserves the award, I think.
2: So, congratulations, Ali McCann. Clap again, guys. Right, that's it thank you very much for listening be sure to check out the Patreon where we're going to talk about how fucking dreadful that Aberdeen to Johnson game was oh wait no sorry because that came out last week so I'm releasing the Patreon it right I've just confused <laughs> myself completely so don't do that Don't well do it actually go back and listen to last week's one see I'm how much right we can last.
0: actually manage to squeeze out of that game
2: yeah. <laughs> you'll marvel at us I promise <laughs> and uh, I'm sure there's loads of other stuff in the, we good up on the Patreon uh, in the days prior to this being released on the main show I got myself a fucking phone call the other Jesus. <laughs> <time. laughs> right goodbye
1: uh, S- see ya sports
2: social podcast network
1: with the lucky land Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere